This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Coming up, robot dogs, the ruins of Pompeii, and the best songwriter in the world. Kind of. I'm Emma Choi, and this is Everyone and Their Mom. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Front Door. We all have that endless home to-do list. Repair the leaky dishwasher, fix the fridge, get the faucet to stop dripping. Get it all done with Front Door, the one-stop home repair and maintenance app. With Front Door, you can video chat with home repair experts, diagnose the problem faster, and cross off that to-do list. Now, when your home needs fixing or maintenance, just open the Front Door. Download and get unlimited video chats with an expert for just $25 a year. This is my voice. It can tell you a lot about me. And I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Everyone and Their Mom, a weekly show from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, where we take a break from the news to fall down a little rabbit hole instead. I'm your host, Emma Choi. This week, we're talking about how those weird robot dogs you've been seeing on Twitter finally got their first real job. And here to talk with us is Emmy Award-winning writer, correspondent for Vice News Tonight, and the host of the podcast Cheat, and a man who I think will be amazing in a barbershop quartet, it's Aldo Slade! Hi, Aldo! I was right! <laughs> What's up, Emma? Also, <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here to discuss this news, okay? So you know those robot dogs by Boston Dynamics that walk around like actual dogs but have no actual heads or adorable futures? It's weird, Emma. It's weird. It's, it's, it's too weird for me. Well, they got their first security job, guarding the ancient Italian city of Pompeii. Have you heard of this? The dogs are guarding Pompeii? Yeah, it's weird, right? Are you a dog person? Uh, I don't dislike them. Would yeah. you get a dog in the future? I don't think so. Mm. Okay. People going to hear this and like dog lovers around the world <laughs> are going to cancel me. We'll protect you. We'll get a lot of hate mail, but it's okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the story. So, the robot slash dog is called Spot and apparently can, quote, carry and power up to 14 kilograms, that's like 31 pounds, of inspection equipment, like a terrifying canine inspector gadget. By the way, the robot dog looks nothing like a dog. It's like bright yellow with a camera where the head should be. Basically, it's like a Roomba on four creepy spider legs. Have you seen a picture of it? Yeah, it is kind of terrifying. It lives in my nightmares, but don't worry also, the ethics section of the website for Boston Dynamics, the company that makes the dog, basically promises that Spot won't be evil <laughs> by stating, quote, if our products are being used for harm, we will take appropriate measures to mitigate that misuse. Said the folks who created the atomic bomb. Exactly. Also, the fact that their website has an ethics section, it really makes me wonder why that's there. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. But worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my question is, if I'm a thief and I want to go dig up some, I don't know, some remnants from Pompeii's volcano, 
what is the dog going to do to me if I cross the line? I mean, what would you do if you encountered one of these guys? Maybe I would uh, try to pour some water on it. Hope, <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah. The, the circuit, the, the circuits will malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> like an Alexa, yeah. The funniest part of this story to me is like, yeah, the robot dog is crazy, but also the fact that it's like in Pompeii. Like, what are the dogs protecting? Right? Isn't it? It's like a little too late. The question is also how much does. Pompeii ruins get on the open market or on I the know. black market. <laughs> Do we really have that many thieves out there trying to steal some coins from Pompeii? Usually it's very small, insignificant little things. There's a lot who think that it's brought them bad luck. They go, I have to send it back because I didn't get into the university I wanted to get into and then this happened and then my boyfriend broke up with me and I think this is cursed. So they, they, they get the guilt. <laughs> Will you introduce yourself to us? I am Sophie Hay um, and I'm a, an archaeologist who specialises in uh, the Roman world in Pompeii. So you've studied Pompeii extensively and you've lived in Italy for like two decades, right? Yeah, just under. We've been talking about Pompeii in context of the story that um, the ruins are now going to be guarded by robot dogs. Have you heard of this? Yes, this is a crazy thought. But it's quite nice because, you know, there were dogs in the Roman period running around the streets of Pompeii. So in that respect, it's quite kind of Roman. (laughs) What do people steal from this from the excavation sites? Usually it's very small, insignificant little things. There's a really lovely um, little exhibition that was put on a couple of years ago by the director of the excavations who would receive, every week he would receive a little battered envelope in the post and it would contain something that somebody had stolen from the site. And then (laughs) accompanying it would be a letter of someone saying, I feel so guilty that I took this or one of my relations took this. Um, You know, my distant cousin stole this or a great, great auntie put this in her handbag. (laughs) So it's not particularly valuable. Usually absolutely not, no. From the remains of the people, the ruins, like, can we tell, have you been able to tell a lot about like the way they lived before the, the eruption? Oh, absolutely. You find things as they sort of left them in their houses. Some people sort of started stashing their silverware in one corner because they thought they'd come back. You know, once the drama had subsided, they'd come back and they'd grab it. And obviously that didn't happen. My image of Pompeii is just that the volcano exploded and then everyone died instantly. But that seems like that's not how it happened. No, no, it went on. It went on for a minimum of, of 24 hours. So, yeah, there was a lot of warning that things weren't going great, but it was kind of hard to know whether it would stop in 10 minutes or or not. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a sort of, you know, people would say, oh, you know, when you're excavating there, don't don't ever assume a silly pose in case, you know, the eruption happens and you're caught picking your nose or something. I was like, I think we'd, we'd have time to unpick our nose. <laughs> I think it's not quite instantaneous. We've been talking about that a lot this week. We've been calling it Pompeii behavior. Like, you know, Pompeii behavior is when you're on your best behavior. So if you're frozen in that pose, you won't be embarrassed. <laughs> As studying like Pompeii and Pompeii's culture inspired you to be more on Pompeii behavior? You do think, yeah, I don't want to be caught doing that. (laughs) So, uh, yes. We're on Pompeii behavior right now. I love it. (laughs) Well, Dr. Hay, thank you so much for coming on our show. Oh, no, that was really nice. Thank you. 
when are you on Pompeii behavior? Emma, I'm always on Pompeii behavior. <laughs> my life is pretty. My life is pretty boring. Uh, matter of fact, I pretty. I probably need to jazz it up a little bit to the extent that if I were ever was in a in a volcano situation like Pompeii, that they would see me and think that this guy was a a leader, a hero, <laughs> a leader of men. So I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start walking around with my fist in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be preserved like this forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, it's like it's like I'll put my arm down to rest in like if there's good weather. But if I hear like thunder or or especially out here in LA, the the earth starts to shake. Yeah. As soon as I feel an earthquake, I'm putting my fist in the air. Boom. <laughs> he went out fighting like a hero. Yeah, he went out fighting. I'm carrying a microphone. I'm carrying a, a lectern with me everywhere where I go. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. If a Pompeii moment happened during a flash mob, that would be embarrassing for our generation. Yeah. Like they just they just <laughs> stop in the middle of the nay nay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Who are these people waving at? <laughs> well, they all are really friendly people. That's great. <laughs> I can dig it. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. So we're talking about this creepy dog's very first job. So also, we have a game for you. It's only a matter of time before that dog starts getting other jobs too, right? <laughs> so we want to get a glimpse into the future with a game we're calling Hired or Fired. We're going to read you a job and you tell us if that dog is getting hired or fired. Sound right. good? Yeah. Okay, piano tuner, hired or fired? A robot dog would seem to be tone deaf to me. Fired. Fired. Okay, the self-checkout machine at CVS, hired or fired? Oh, they hired. <laughs> For sure. Hired. Dog walker, hired or fired? No, we firing them. Yeah, we. you know why we firing the dog for dog walking is because it, it feels... It feels too Twilight Zone-ish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, fired. Okay, a model for the month of August in a calendar of all dog photos. Hired or fired? Fired. Why? Absolutely. What? Shake it up, Aldo. No. All right. Mm-mm. Fired. Mm-mm. A songwriter. Hired or fired? Mm-mm. We fired. Ain't no. Mm-mm. No. I don't want to listen to no music, no song made by a dog. <laughs> okay. Mm-mm. Fired. La. Yeah, that's it. I'll write that. Hey, what's going on in here? Nothing, Papa. I thought I told you to do some flips. Oh, Papa, I don't want to do flips anymore. What do you mean you don't want to do flips anymore? You're a robot dog, aren't you? I want to be a songwriter, Papa. I want to be a big star. Ha <laughs> ha, big star. Look at yourself. You're a robot dog. You've got no head and four ridiculous, spindly little legs. The only thing you're good for is doing flips, you hear me? So do a flip. No, Papa. I'm going to be a songwriter, you hear me? I'm going to hear my songs get sung by the biggest stars in the world. Like Beyonce, Papa. 
and, and William Eilish. Ah, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I've got a song in my heart, don't you see? Yes, I'm a robotic dog, bitch, it's me. Somebody teach me to love. Do a flip, do a dance. I'm so much more than that. Yes, I'm a dog. I'm an artist, Papa. My God, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Such a rich voice, such a beautiful tone, such stunning vibrato. And you managed to do it all without a mouth. Oh, Papa, thank you. Now do a flip. so much fun talking to you. Emma, this was a complete blast and a joy. Thanks for having me on and uh, great job. Thank you also. Great job to you. I'll see you next time. Here's the spookiest part of the podcast. The credits. This show is brought to you by Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. This episode was produced by Haley Fager, Zola Ray, Lillian King, and Nancy C. Chow with help from Ian Chillog and no help from my mother-in-law. Our supervising producer is Jennifer Mills, and Mike Danforth is insert joke here. Oh, shoot. Once again, thanks to Lorna White for magicking our sound. We love Lorna. Thanks to Vinnie Thomas for proving that dogs really can be songwriters. Somebody teach me to love. You can find Vinnie on all the social medias at Vinay. That's at V-I-N-N underscore A-Y-Y. Thanks to Dr. Sophie Hay for teaching us about Pompeii and for having a real British accent. It's fitting. Thank you to my co-host, Emmy Award-winning writer, correspondent for Vice News Tonight, host of the podcast Cheat, and someone we're all going to call Slalzo now, right? Also Slade. But I don't even know what it means to domesticate a robot. I'm Emma Choi, and you can find me at WitWit and PR, and right behind you, Boo! Okay, I'm done. This is NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news. Some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning wherever you get your podcasts.